Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Minister Kimberly Savage comes with a thought-provoking message entitled, Keys to Praying in Faith. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go to the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Now, prayer. Sometimes we just want to get too deep. E-D-D-I-E, kickstart a Honda, oh, my mama knee hurt. It ain't that deep. Prayer is simply communion of fellowship with God. That's all it is. It involves speaking and listening. That means that you can't do all of the talking. And whether you pray in tongues or not, you still need to talk to God. Now, how many of you have a best friend? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much everybody in the room. We have that go-to person. And that's good to have that go-to person on earth. But how about you check in with God first? What about that communication with him first? You know, the manufacturer of you. How about checking in with him first? Because we ain't got to get all that deep with prayer. It's simply talking to God. Talking to him as though he matters in your life. Now, how would you feel if you said somebody was your best friend and they never talked to you? You'd be wondering, are they? Because we don't communicate. And I know we don't have to talk to our best friends all the time, but we're talking about God. Shouldn't you have something to say to him every day? Even if it's nothing but thank you, Father, for waking me up this morning and clothing me in my right mind, keeping me from danger seen and unseen. Hmm. Now, faith. Faith is the firm, cordial belief in the veracity of God and all of the declarations of his word or a full affectionate confidence in the certainty of those things which God has declared. Not because, and because he has declared them. Really, faith is just really believing that God is who he is and said what he said, and he can do what he said he can do. That's faith. It's taking God at the habitual truthfulness of his word. So we're talking about keys to praying in faith. Now, we all know, because for some of us, we may have forgotten about it, but we had Connect 40, 40 days of faith. Now, how many of you had a faith project? Woo, look at all the hands. Me too. Now, how many of you saw the end result or the manifestation of all of your faith projects? Okay, that's a few of us. I see a few hands. I heard somebody say, I'm still working on it. That's what we need to hear. Because I wanted to ask how many of us are still applying those principles Because it's almost like when we go through Connect 40 and we really focus on prayer, a lot of people are engaging and communicating with God. We go through Connect 21, the building is bursting out, the seams where people engaging in prayer. And then as the weeks and months wane on, crickets. 
But is prayer still not relevant 365, 24-7? I'm just trying to help us that we shouldn't turn it off and on like a faucet. Because the more you talk to God, remember praying involves speaking and listening. And the more you communicate with God, you'll understand what his voice sounds like. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and the stranger they will not hear. But if you listen to Facebook, TikTok, um, social media, TV, all your friends and everything else out there, you're going to get confused. And then you'll be like, God, is that you? And you don't know. Why? Because you don't recognize his voice. But I guarantee you a mother can recognize the voice of her baby. I guarantee you one of your friends can recognize your voice from that of another friend. And Gwen, I love her to life, but she says... I know your voice from your sister. Now, she's my twin sister. Genetically, we are the same, but our voices are different. But if you don't spend time with us or around us, you might get confused with the outer appearance. But if you hear the voice, the voice, you can discern between distractions and counterfeits. So we're talking about keys to praying in faith. Let's get into our foundational scripture. John chapter 11, verses 40 through 44 from the Amplified Classic. And I just want to warn you, I got a lot of passages of scripture today. Now I tend to jump around, so just follow me. But this is for you to make sure you go home and study it out so you don't take nothing that I said for the truth. You get in it and study it out and allow God to speak to you on top of what he's saying to you now and let him layer and add to that, okay? Now, Jesus said to her, being Martha, did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? Now, that's the entire message right there. Because how many times has he said to us, if you believe on me and rely on me, you will see the glory of God. You will see the manifestation of what it is you have been standing in faith for. If you believe and rely on me, but if you're relying on passing him, the ministerial staff, or your best friend, you might miss the answer, because he said, didn't I tell you and promise you that if you believe and rely on me, this will be the result? So keys to staying in faith, keys to when we pray, making sure that we are relying on Jesus, the veracity or the habitual truthfulness of God. So... Let's carry on. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. How many of us can say, Father, I thank you that you heard me? Don't answer, because if you're not talking to him, you can't thank him that he heard you. <laughs> yes, I know. You always hear and listen to me. But I have said this on account of and for the benefit of the people standing around so that they may believe that you did send me, that you have made me your messenger. And when he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
out. And out walked the man who had been dead, his hands and feet wrapped in burial cloths, linen strips, and with the burial napkin bound around his face. Jesus said to them, free him of the burial wrapping and let him go. So Jesus prayed. But when he spoke out loud, he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So that meant that he was communicating with God. But he said it out loud so that the people in the back could understand. He heard me. See, when I know that he has heard me, I can say the things out loud. I can make my declarations of faith out loud because I know that he heard me. I don't have to go and check in. Minister Russell, I think God told me this. I prayed about it. And um, Minister David, what you think? I, 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 I think I was praying to God and... Um, you got to know for yourself that he heard you. You got to know for yourself that he heard you. You don't have to check in with people. And yes, there is counsel in the multitude of many, but you got to sift the many. You know what I'm saying? Because you could be going to the wrong people for counsel. So when you are praying in faith, you have to know that God heard you. So... How does this passage align with Connect 40 Days of Faith and all of the things that were shared? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not going to cover all of these verses, but this is your homework. Go back and study it out because in this passage, verses 1 through 39, you get the faith project. You get the word on the situation. You see believing in God's promises, confession of faith, doing the word, and giving thanks. Now, let's just go to John chapter 11, and I'll highlight some of these things. Now, of course, there was a certain man named Lazarus who was ill. That was the faith project. He was of Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. This Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. She was the same one. But if you're reading in this passage, listen. Martha said, well, they said, Run, go tell Jesus that Lazarus is ill. They wanted Jesus to come and heal him, come heal him real fast. How many of us want God to do it real fast? And it says, now, Jesus, verse 5, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and their sister Lazarus. They were his dear friends, and he held them in loving esteem. Therefore, even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he still stayed two days longer in the same place. Now, see, Jesus was faced with a problem, but he didn't move. He heard the situation, but it did not hurry him up and get him to change his course just because he was faced with a situation. Now, how many of us get off course? The wind starts to blow. The storm starts to come. The negative doctor's report comes. My bank account gets low, and God says, stay right here. And I'm all the way over there, and now I'm trying to check in with everybody except God about what my next move is. Take your example from Jesus. He stayed right there. 
Now, I really want you all to really, really, really go back and study everything out about this project. And I want you to examine your own life and your faith project. And I, I was reminded last Sunday, I was talking to a young lady in the uh, parking lot, and she was standing in faith for something, and we got so excited about it that we just started rejoicing. And she said, I know it's coming, but too many of us, even seasoned believers, want God to hurry up. Hurry up, God. When, God, when? Why, God, why? Just put it in the microwave and give it to me. But I don't know about you. If I had to choose a meal, I would take it in the crock pot because that means it's got all the seasonings in it and it's going to be mm-mm good because the word says, so taste and see that the Lord is good. But if you get it out of the microwave, you may miss. You will miss a lot of the seasonings. You, may, you will miss a lot of the flavor. You will miss God's best for you. Now, examine your own faith or life project. Let's go to John chapter 11, verse 43. When he had said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, he was dead. But Jesus approached the scene and he said, Lazarus, come out. Now, let me ask you, what looks dead in your life? What looks dead in your life and what are you saying to it? Are you talking about it? Because remember, when I say talk, you're talking to God, so that's prayer. You're fellowshipping and communion with God. That is prayer. But what about the dead situations in your own life? What are you doing about them? Are you speaking life to the situation? Or are you just watching it happen and you're sitting in the room crying? Because remember, Mary... Her sister heard, Martha heard Jesus was coming, and she ran, and it said that Mary was still in the house with all of the other people mourning. She was in her feelings. Why? Because Jesus said that he loved me, and he loved my brother. He should have already been here. And she felt the same way. If he had been here, my brother would still be alive. And sometimes we do the same thing. We get in our feelings. I've been there. I've been in my feelings about God allowing something to happen in my life. You ever been in your feelings? I've been in my feelings. Let me tell you, when my father was killed in a motorcycle accident by somebody who didn't know what they were doing, because he was doing right following the rules and everything. I was in my feelings for a long time about God allowing my father to pass. How many of you have been in your feelings with something? You were standing in faith and it didn't turn out the way you thought and you got in your feelings. Well, let me go ahead and tell you. Jesus didn't do it. If he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, he did not come to take things away from you to teach you a lesson. God does not have to put your hand on a hot stove to say, baby, that's hot. He's going to give you the instructions ahead of time. You don't have to get in your feelings. Now, key number one, because we're talking about keys, and we know keys, they give us access to stuff. You remember the janitor? He would walk around with all of the keys. He had a bunch of keys. 
In public education, we had janitors, custodians. They had the key to every door, but then they had a master key. So even though it was 220 classrooms in the building, they had one master key that would open up every door. Now, so we're talking about keys to praying in faith. Key number one, understand the importance of God's word. Psalm 119.105, it said the importance of God's word. says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. How many of us running around here walking in darkness because we're not getting in the word? says, understand the importance of the word. Matthew 4.4 4 in the Living Translation says... But Jesus said to them, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. People do not thrive in life with just natural food, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you want to know what he said, then you got to get into his word. Now, if you eat every day in the natural why are you not eating every day in the spiritual when he don't already told you that you can't live by natural food alone? Why are you neglecting getting in the word? I'm just asking. Because how are you going to live by faith? I mean, do you just get in the word on Sunday? I'm just asking. So let's say... I'm only going to open up the Bible app or open up my Bible when I go to church on Sunday or watch it online. Hey, online people. So that means that I ate. Now, unless you're fasting, how many of you are going to abstain from food? I ate on Sunday and I'm going to go the whole week and not eat again until Sunday. How many of us? Don't raise your hands. That's between you and God. I'm just asking, but you got to understand how important the word is. Isaiah 40 and 40 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. It is the only thing that will last forever. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God. All. All. So you don't get to cherry pick. All scripture it's inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Understanding the importance of the word of God. So let me go ahead and tell you, you get the word and it gets down in your heart and then you don't have to keep asking somebody, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? It already told you that the word will help correct you, and it will teach you whether you are right or wrong. So the word has to be more important than anything. It's your way more than the decisions and opinions of other people and any advice they may give us. It should determine how we carry ourselves. Let's move on to key number two. Know and trust the word. Joshua 1, 8, and 9 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. See, out of your mouth. What do you do with your mouth besides eat? You speak. 
So I'm speaking the word in my fellowship with God. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do all according to that which is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Psalm 118 and 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord and take refuge in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. See how the word corrects us? Says, listen here, take your refuge and trust in God and stop putting so much of your confidence in man and then when they let you down and you go to church and now you don't go to church no more because you talking about you got church hurt. A man hurt you. A person hurt you. A woman hurt you. But God never has. So why do you give yourself a pass? Talking about them folks over there, something wrong with them. I'm not going to church anymore. But you still go to the club you still go to the mall you still go to the restaurant the ball game we go every place we want to even when people have bad behavior and want to stay away from the house of the Lord because of somebody's bad behavior correct yourself and stop blaming other people for everything that is going on with you it said the word will correct you the word does that the word does it but you got to know it and trust it trust in that more than you trust in yourself because you can't have faith in something that you don't know can you can you have faith in something that you don't know you know the song that says tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word y'all remember that just to rest on his promise and to know thus said the Lord. But if you don't know what thus said the Lord, then how can you trust the word? And I'm not saying anything, but you can come to a million counseling sessions. But Minister Diane going to sound like Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. You know why? Because your spirit ain't been eating the word. Naturally, you haven't been spending any time in it. So when you get in there, you all upset with Minister David because he gave you the scripture and you thought it was going to be something natural to work out. It is the word that helps us to operate in our lives. And the more you stay in it, the more you can receive it when you hear it. It's just like vegetables. If you train your body to love the greens it will love the greens so when it gets the greens it will be able to digest them and enjoy them but if you stay away from the word you're not digesting it when it comes to you you want to run away from it rather than run to it we're talking about praying in faith because some of us you got more faith or trust and confidence in them chairs you're sitting in right now than the car you drove up on the parking lot with. You get more time to making sure it's all polished and clean, more time to the house you live in, all polished, clean. And if you lose something in the house, you will spend three hours wasting time looking for it. But how much time you gonna get in the Word and look for that answer? How much time will you get in the Word and look for the answer? We're talking about praying in faith. Praying in faith. Praying in faith. And then you got to speak the word. But see, if you don't understand the word, 
because it's not important, then you don't trust the word. How are you going to speak the word if you don't know it? You can't speak the word if you don't know it. Psalm 103 verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength and do his word, heeding the voice of God. Angels are listening to hear the voice of the word of God. So when you speak it, they get out of the employment line and they say, this is my assignment. Let me get on it on the behalf, on the behalf of the children of God. I got work to do. But no, we whining and complaining. Nobody loves me. I don't know why God allowed this to happen. Let me tell you something. Stop lying to yourself. Being a Christian is easier when we obey and stay in the word, but nobody ever said that it was going to be a walk in the park. Because let me tell you, if we were never going to have hard times and situations, then why did Jesus have to go on the cross? Now, have you ever had it that hard? So I'm tired of people talking about, it's so hard, it's so hard. Stop making it hard on yourself by getting in the word and praying the word and staying in faith. Because I tell you what's hard. Hard is having everybody you did miracles for. They said that they loved you. And they're like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Crucify him. He ain't nothing. Blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank. I don't know him. That's hard. And then you're going to jump up on the cross. On their behalf. We're talking about praying in faith. Keys to praying in faith. Now. Number fourth, don't get impatient with God and spend more time speaking about the problem than the solution. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's word working from the beginning to the end. You don't know it. You don't know it. And then James tells us, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience, 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 patience have its perfect, that means complete work. Don't take the cake out of the oven until it's done. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You know, my grandmother used to sing a song, You Can't Hurry God. She was a singer. You can't hurry God. No matter how long it takes, you got to trust him and give him time. No matter how long you wait, he may not come in a hurry, but he will always be there on time. Now, if we look back at Lazarus' story, Jesus waited. It was about four days. Even after he heard that Lazarus was sick, he took two days, stayed where he was for two days. And the first thing Martha says, if you had gotten here, my brother wouldn't have died. Sometimes we think that we know what's best, but Jesus told her, listen, didn't I tell you if you would only believe, you would see the glory of God. You would see God's best plan for you. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and there was nothing that was made without the word. Now, 
Lazarus' death was foreshadowing the resurrection of Jesus. Now, come on. Now, in Jewish customs, they believed that the spirit left the body in three days. There was going to be no unity. But remember now, he's in the grave for four days. And Jesus was able to say, come out of there. He spoke to what looked like the dead situation spiritually. Spiritually. Now, you think about this. Because I think God gives us glimpses of what is going to come if we were just hanging there long enough instead of telling him to hurry up. Because even though Jesus was fully God and fully man on the planet, he operated like a man. And I think God was reminding him, saying, look here, son, this is an example not only for the people, but for you too. Lazarus in that tomb for four days, and Jesus could walk on to that cross, because guess what? He was only going to be there for three. On that third day, he rose, so he had already seen the miracle of God. If you stay in the word long enough, what will you see? If you stay in the word long enough, what will you see? If we can see our situation in the word, what will we learn? What will we learn? We're talking about keys to staying in, praying in faith. What will you see? Key number five, you got to know how much God loves you. Listen, God ain't mad at you. He is not mad at you. Do you know that God could just say, be gone, and there you go? So he doesn't have to do all kind of evil things to take you out. So stop blaming all of the bad things that happened in your life on God, because if he wanted to take you out, he could have done that. Last time I checked, the sun is still rising, the moon is still rising, the oceans are still flowing all by the word of God. Now, if you want things to line up in your life, you got to exercise those keys to praying in faith and staying there. But you got to know how much God loves you because it's hard to talk to somebody if you think that they don't love you and want the best for you. But the more you get in the word of God, you will see how much he sacrificed for you. You will see how much he loves you. You got to know how much he loves you. Y'all remember that prodigal son? Let me tell you something. He went to his father and said, listen, here, give me my stuff and give it to me now. He got his stuff and he said, whew, I don't know where my daddy at, but I'm going to get out here and have me a good time in life. And it said that he just went on and did his own thing with righteous living. And he had a whole lot of friends in the midst of all of that money. And then when he got to nothing, almost going to eat the pig's food. It said that he came to himself. That means he got back into his right mind. And he said, you know what? Let me go home because this here ain't good living. Let me go. And he said, I'm going to say to my father, listen here. I am sorry. That's repentance. But let me tell you something. Even though he messed up badly, he still knew that he had a father who loved him. That's the same way that God loves you. I don't care how much you mess up you can still go running out there I don't care what bootleg preacher told you that God was mad at you and God's gonna get you and if you do this and if you do that that's how God is gonna take you out that's a lie from the pit of hell God loves you and he's always 
always trying to draw you near to him. It says it is the goodness of God that draws, that draws, that draws, that draws men to repentance. If God was sitting somewhere always waiting to hit you over the head, why would you be praying to him? Why would you believe that he would do anything for you? We're talking about keys to praying in faith. You got to know how much God loves you. You got to know how much he loves you. Because he does. See, you got to understand the word. You got to know the word. You got to speak and pray the word. And you got to understand how much God loves you. And then you got to keep your love walk on. Let's go to Galatians 5 and 6 from the Passion Translation. It says, when you're placed into the anointed one, Christ Jesus, and joined to him. Joined to who? Him. Who is him? Christ Jesus. Circumcision and religious obligations benefit you a whole lot. Nothing. 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 So even though I've given you some keys to praying in faith, if you do not use those keys in accordance with love, you're not going to get any results. Let's read this next sentence all together. It says, all that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. See, you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. Know how much God loves you. You got to love yourself and then you got to love other people. Our faith is energized, expressed, and works by love, our love for God, our love for the word, our love for Jesus, our love for self, our love for others. If we are praying in faith, so we say, but not loving, how can we say we're in faith? Because, and then if we're not earnestly in faith, then how can we expect anything from God? Because it's your faith activated. You got to love. You know, 1 John 4 and 20 says, how can you love the Lord who you have not seen and then you hate your brother who you see every day? I love God, but you hate me. What's wrong with you? I mean, you got to check yourself. Check yourself. Because you're talking about, oh, Lord, I love you. I worship you. You blankety blank, you so-and-so, and you tearing people down. That is not love. So if you're wondering why you're not seeing the manifestation of things, check your love walk because faith is activated by love. 1 John 4, 8 says, he who does not love has not become acquainted with God and does not and never did know him, for God is love. God is love. 
Do you hear me? God is love. So we're talking about all these keys to praying in faith. So you can exercise all those things. But faith is activated by what? Love. So if faith is the car that gets me there, what's the gas? So if your car isn't going anywhere, if you're not getting to your destination, are you going to check on the outside or the inside? What you going to check? So you got to determine whether or not you got gas. Because you can have the car and it can be the best car in the world. It can have all of the latest gadgets and all that stuff. But if it does not have any gas... Where is it going? So if you're out of love, you are out of faith. And let me tell you something. Your spirit knows that. That's when doubt starts to creep in, even though you say that you're praying. Because you know you got unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment towards somebody. But then you still want to get in God's face and ask him for stuff. Talking about, oh, I'm just believing God. I'm staying in faith. Are you? Because let me tell you something. You ain't in nothing if you ain't in love, you ain't in no kind of faith. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. Now, as an educator, when I was in uh, public education, but I still take them now, have these little tablets called Airborne. So listen, this is faith. This is faith. See this? So, if I want This tablet has all the ingredients to keep all of the germs and things. Help my immune system, okay? But listen, see this faith? I say that I'm in faith, but I don't see any action happening. I don't see any action happening. I see no action happening, but let me activate it with love. See, it's bubbling. It's rising to the top. Things are happening. So guess what? Some things are going to happen. When I take this, it's going to help my body. So when you're wondering why things haven't happened, you have to ask yourself, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm not getting any results. Is my faith activated or was it just empty? And if it's empty, you need to activate it with love. Up your love walk, because you can pray all day long. You can talk to God, believe his word, confess his word, talk about you got angels on assignment, and you giving God's word preeminence in your life. But again, if all that you're doing is not activated and coming from a heart and a motive of love, You're not going to get anywhere. And I promise you, if I ingest this, it's going to be good for my body. And guess what? If you ingest love, walk in it with the way you treat people. Walk in it with how you treat and honor yourself. Because I'm telling you, God's love, when he says love, he's just not talking about your love for other people. He's talking about how you take care of your body. You know, if you got some things going on medically and the doctors in the natural told you to get it right, and you decide, well, no, I'm just going to die with a pork chop in my mouth. Um, How are you honoring God? Uh, I'm just saying. 
We got to check ourselves. See, you got to understand how important the word is and how much God loves you. But keys to praying in faith, you can go through all of the keys, all six of them. But if you don't activate it and mix it with love, you're not going to get any results. Now, if you want to consistently pray in faith, you cannot do that in absence of a relationship with Jesus. Don't let anybody fool you. Who are you talking to? Oh, my higher power. Okay. If you want to consistently pray in faith, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. If you truly want to experience that anything is possible in your life, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. So if you want to activate your faith, you got to do it with love. And the greatest gift we have is God so loving the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in that love would not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.